Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello and welcome to the Jesse Williams podcast. I'm your host, Oscar Ledlin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we're coming on here to do such a serious topic, but we can't take it seriously. So that's fine. We're going to start with little fun icebreaker questions. So I, we're going to ask each other some questions and see how well we know the answers. Frankie's a bit upset that the attention's not on him. It's all right. You can get involved. Come on in, buddy. Good boy. I'm nervous. Oscar actually is nervous. That's why I thought it might be just fun to just do some icebreakers. Actually, it could make you more nervous if you don't know the answers to them. <laughs> right. Do you want to ask the first question or do you want me to ask the first question? You can ask the first question. Okay. Nope, I'll ask the first question. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how uncomfortable am I with public speaking? Uh, I'm going to go, mm, I'm going to go uh, Time's up. an eight. That's my guess. Okay. That's a good guess. Yeah. What would you have scored yourself? Yeah. Probably an eight. Yeah. I think one to one, zero, maybe two, depending on the person, but public speaking, yeah, I'll go pretty high. Okay. What is my star sign? <laughs> Come on, you know this. Libra. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> That's the only one I could think of. Leo. Yes. Oh, you got gotcha. My, you got gotcha. Tattoo. Only got a lion tattoo. Okay, your turn. It's a shitty question. I was just trying to keep it light, playful. If I had to come back to life as an animal, what animal would I choose to come back as? A dolphin. Oh, Is that right? Yeah, that's really Yes. Right. Oh my God. Good job. Fuck. I'm so good. Um, you know this. I have full faith in you. Is it true or false? No. Nah. You just want something with a 50% chance. What is my love language? Words of affirmation. Yes. Beautiful woman. <laughs> Thank you. If I were a cocktail, what cocktail would I be? You've gone hard ones. I mean, there's not really an answer to that. Should I know an answer to that? No, or is it open? A, okay. If I'm going to judge you based on what you say. Cocktail. You're a fruit tingle because. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I was going to say they're the life of the party. Um. Because they're your favourite. That's what you're good Because they're my favourite. They're, they're just... Just everyone loves them. You don't... Like, not some people. Everyone loves a fucking fruit tingle. You're Wouldn't you agree? You're digging your way out of a hole here, aren't you? No. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, you're a fruit tingle. Thank you. Um, or maybe a pina colada. <laughs> What's something I'm good at or do well? 
I'm just throwing in a words of affirmation question here. Because now you have to just praise me. <laughs> Something you're good at or do well. You are very good at talking about your feelings. I am. Whoa, <laughs> cocky. <laughs> I am. <sighs> okay. All right. Let's just get more into it. Basically, we would just thought we would come on and chat a little bit about relationships, especially coming the timing of me recording. Oh my God, Franklin looks so comfortable. Um, doing a relationship program. So I guess let's just chat. Let's chat. Make it easy breezy. Let's um, do it. So cover girl. I would love to know. How do you feel that our relationship has improved over time? If you think about the quality of our relationship when we first met versus where it's at now, what are some things that you feel tangible or intangible that has improved or strengthened? I think we are much better at communicating than what we were in the early days. In the early days, probably speaking more for myself, but... If there was something that was upsetting me, I would just leave the space, Mm. leave the room, leave the house um, and not talk about it. But now I feel like um, we're better at talking things things through and um, listening to the other person's perspective. Yeah, I agree. Should we do a business question next? (laughs) Make you a little bit more comfortable. Um, Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think... um, when we got into a relationship initially, you were probably a little bit more of an avoidant attachment style and I was probably a little bit more of an anxious attachment style. And it, you were really good, I think, at, as a lot of men are, at compartmentalizing. So if, you, if there was something that was uncomfortable... <laughs> <in> our... <laughs> Franklin, come here. This is Franklin. That is not. That's Willow. Oh. Oops. <laughs> You're just not used to Willow being so cuddly. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think that you could compartmentalize. So you could like almost put the issue on pause and go for a drive or go to work and just like almost push it down um, or push it to the side or park it to the side until later. Whereas I was not so good at that. So I would probably be a little bit more anxious and like, I want to resolve it now and I want to get to the bottom of it now and I need to know how you feel now. So I think that um, anxious avoidant attachment style could have been really, really hard if that's not something we worked on. Whereas I think we're both really secure now to the point that it can still be uncomfortable to have a conversation, but we're both like, I may be a little bit better at giving you some more time and space and you're a little bit better at like just holding it, holding the container, being able to be there and have a conversation without um, needing space. Um, Doesn't mean that you wouldn't like space, but you're better off that like you you can communicate without needing space. Yeah. What do you think makes our relationship successful and even... Probably the sex. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's... Just kidding. That's a... You're kidding. kidding. (laughs) Uh, I agree. But non-sexual, what do you feel makes our relationship successful? Let me ask the questions. (laughs) What do you think makes our relationship successful? Uh, I think we both don't 
We don't judge. That's what we don't do. We, we don't, don't judge. judge. We don't judge another's perspective or we don't judge another's feelings regardless of if we hold different views or if we respond differently to a situation. Mm. We never look at any sort of emotional position as right or wrong. Yeah. And I think something else that we do really well is we don't expect the like we don't outsource our happiness to the other person so or like have the expectation like I don't have the expectation that you should make me happy like you should do everything for me it's kind of like I have a desire for you to show up a certain way in our relationship I obviously have a desire or basic needs that you know we'll have quality time together or um you know there are boundaries and respect and things that we want to uphold in the relationship but it's not like this conditional love where it's like, I only love you so long as you do this, this, and this. It's kind of like, whatever you do, I'll love you through that. But this and this is going to make me feel more seen or more heard or more supported and stuff. We both make ourselves happy. And in that, we have more to give to the other person. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think um, we both practice conscious partnering, which is a term that I just made up on the spot. But probably I, exists. I think um, we're mindful of not just how we show love ourselves, but how we each feel loved. And I think we're conscious about that. You know, we show love how we feel drawn to show it, um, because that's what's kind of, that's what comes natural to us. But we're also conscious of how the other person might feel love, and that the way. I show love might not be how you feel it. So I need to be mindful of that and sometimes consciously show love how, in a way where I know you're going to feel that um, so that you're not feeling like a lack of um, love because you're not getting it in line with your love language. Mm, yeah, I think that's huge. Like um, for anyone listening, as you will now know, my love language is words of affirmation and my second is quality time. Whereas Oscar's primary is acts of service. Is your second physical touch mm. or yeah. For me, I am mindful that if I bought Oscar a coffee to work or if I um, organized to get the dogs groomed or I organize the cleaner or if I was to like iron your shirts or something you would feel so loved by that but I think the reason I don't mind doing those things is because you also don't have expectation of me there's no expectation in the relationship of like and this comes back to not outsourcing the power of the happiness it's like you don't expect me to do anything but if I do do it you value it so as an example if I was really behind in washing and I hadn't washed your bloody jocks and you needed a fresh jocks you would literally pick them up go down to the washing machine and throw them in like and you wouldn't do that passive aggressively you wouldn't be annoyed that you know you you don't have your fresh monday to sunday jocks lined up in your drawer <laughs> yes oscar wears monday to sunday jocks um but if you did open your drawer and there's fresh wash jocks ordered Oof. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through to Sunday, you're going to be like, Jesse loves me. Jesse fucking loves me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's doing stuff for your partner because you want to, not because they expect you to. I feel like that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, you do this, you do exact same for me. Like, um, 
you know, you bought me home flowers a week or two ago for no reason. Like, and it wasn't because I'd been, I was angry at you or we were arguing and like, you only show up in this space of like, oh, like now I have to show up or Jesse expects this from me. It's just like, I know this will make Jesse feel love. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that's not necessarily how I show love. Actually, it's not how I show love at all, but um, it's just being conscious of like, the ways that naturally come to me to display my love to somebody and particularly you um, aren't the ways that they might receive that. So um, in order for you to feel my love, I need to be conscious about how I'm showing it sometimes. Yeah. I think another thing that we do really well and actually probably you're better at this than I am is um, almost like, delayed gratification or doing what's uncomfortable short term because you love the person so you're you're, (laughs) yeah you're doing this podcast with me you're more concerned with me growing or me being happy or me you know seeing blind spots or progressing or whatever it may be than you are with me liking you like in the sense of i would i would be hopeful that you still like me but um yeah i will push you (laughs) be on your comfort zone yeah but you could t- you you would tell me things that might actually make me upset at you in the time like at the time because you know it's what i need to hear yeah and and i think a lot of couples a lot of relationships won't do that they will tell their partner whatever they need to hear whatever they want to hear to keep the peace because they don't want their partner to be upset at them or dislike them in that moment and it's like i, I actually remember like it was probably a couple of years ago now you reflecting something back to me and it felt really uncomfortable. And I remember like getting a little bit upset and stuff like that. And I, and you said to me, you're like, do you know how much easier it would be to just tell you what you want to hear and have you like me than make you upset because I love you that fucking much. I'm going to tell you what you actually need to hear. And I remember just being like, wow, like it actually is so much easier to just tell someone what they want to hear but that's actually selfish that's about you that's about your partner being happy with you and and you know thinking that you're so supportive and you're this but actually telling your partner something really uncomfortable and potentially having them not um happy with you in that moment that's the most loving difficult thing that you can possibly do yeah absolutely yeah Mm. yeah i think it's also important to trust that your relationship container is very safe especially um, if you are doing something like that where you're telling your partner something that may push them outside of their comfort zone or it might just be something that they're not quite ready to hear, you need to be able to trust that your partner isn't going to use that against you within your relationship container but also outside of your relationship container. If I were to tell you something that you weren't doing enough and I'll just pick something completely that is unrelated to us to not make it a thing within a podcast if i say if i told you your parenting strategy needed some sort of adjustment if you were to go and use that then in discussion outside of our relationship with your friendship circle or with your mom or something like that i think that is like hugely detrimental to a relationship because you have like reinforcement you know your closest girlfriends are obviously going to encourage what you're saying or your view and if you're uncomfortable and you're upset and you say something that is you know because you've been pushed and because it's uncomfortable 
you shine a light on it that isn't necessarily your true feelings, it's going to be reinforced by those people around you and that's going to like further move your perception away from where it truly might be. And I see that within my circle or I don't see that within my circle, you know, my closest friends, like there is never any negative talk of our partners. There's never like, oh, you know, oh, my girlfriend, she's just whinging. Oh, she wants me to do this or, um, oh, I've got to get home because... Jesse's just been nagging me about spending more time with her. Like there is within our, it's just not accepted mm. in our, in my friendship circle. And because like, if I were to say, oh, you know, Jesse just, she's been a pain in my ass. I've got to go home and spend some quality time with her. She's been nagging me because my friends love me. And you know, like there's nine out of 10 uh, times. They're just going to say like, oh, bitch, like they, they would throw away that sort of line just because they're my boys. But th- that's why it's so important that you don't ever position or, or um, put your partner in that sort of negative position where it's easy for somebody to reinforce that view. Mm. And you're like, you're literally almost breeding that into existence as well. And you're starting to tell yourself new narratives. And I think it's really important to do enough ego work as well to the point that you're not almost being dishonest to yourself to be dishonest to others because of you can't handle something. So for example, if you are at a event and you want to fucking leave early and you know, the, your partners or uh, not your partners, your mates are like giving you shit and you're like, Oh, my girlfriend's just like, you know, she wants me to come home and you're like using her as this reason when actually you just want to go home. Like, yeah. I think there's so many situations where people, um, men especially, can um, find this channel to pass off their feelings or not have to speak their truth or stay in integrity. And they outsource that and, and use their partner. And, and women do this too all the time. Like um, women will find a reason for why they couldn't pursue a business. Oh, my partner didn't support me in that. Or... Um, you know, like anything, they'll just like outsource it all to their partner so that they don't have to look within it themselves and see how that's making them uncomfortable or where they're not willing or ready to take responsibility for that or stay in integrity or be vulnerable or whatever it may be. And the more often you do that, I think what that can do to your subconscious mind can be really detrimental. Yeah. And I think like there's cultural narratives that um, are super, super detrimental to just the the modern heterosexual uh, relationship, you know, like the ball and chain or, you know, you take your partner somewhere and you you joke to the boys, oh, how much is this going to cost me? Or, you know, um, like those sort of consistent and reinforced negative views of our partners, like they're not accepted in my circle and I don't think they should be accepted anywhere. I would never shine a negative light on one of my mate's partners like that because one, I'm not that type of person, but even if I was, it just would not be well received. There mm. would be like, you know, a mutiny within the group. I'd be like, what the fuck? Why would you say that? Like, mm. and, um, and I would never say something bad about you in front of my group because it wouldn't get support. And it's just where, whereas it's super common. And I think, um, maybe more so in, in older, like previous generations, but you know, people will have man caves to escape the wife and like, there's just all these like, uh, got to get away. I need a break. Like, it's just a real toxic um, view of something. And no doubt, people need personal space. And like, there's a healthy way to say like, 
I'm taking time for myself or here's an area where I like to go where I can be by myself. Like that, that's different to being like, I need to escape my wife or I need to get away from um, the ball and chain or Mm. that sort of thing. So I think like those old school stigmas, I think like they're hugely detrimental to um, progressive relationships. And um, I'm glad that I don't have them anywhere around me. Mm. And it's such like a cycle too, where it continues to feed into both parties. Like, those narratives um around like i need space and um like the the whipped the the woman being needy clingy psycho like that is so deeply ingrained and the, the issue is is the more we breed these toxic narratives the more they actually become truth because if if a you know a man is actually um almost like having this you know space away from his partner but not in a healthy way in like a really toxic like I just need fucking space you're too much kind of energy it actually makes the woman feel more anxious because she's not actually feeling like she's like why does my partner you know need all this time and like he's finding me annoying and then that makes you feel unloved or not wanted or not desired and that can create more anxiety so they become they do become more clingy because they're wanting to be re-regulated and then the man needs more space and it just creates this like avoidant anxious Mm. um kind of cycle where it just keeps getting pushed out versus if you can like if a man can hold and look women can be um avoidant and men can be anxious it absolutely happens but what i've seen in a lot of my work is as a generalization it usually is the man's more avoidant and the woman's more anxious um but if a man can just like have this really in integrous grounded state where he can hold the container for the feminine or the woman and he can make her feel validated and wanted and needed and safe then when he healthily you know pulls back or needs a little bit of space it's received in like a really calming energy um yeah and i think that needs to go both ways too and like i think a perfect example of that in our relationship was very early on where from be it previous relationships or just you know existing hang-ups with me I was very apprehensive to tell you when I was choosing to spend time with somebody else usually the boys over you and if I had planned a weekend away with the boys or something like that I would be so apprehensive about telling you that I would leave it to the last minute because mm. I didn't want to have this conversation. So I would just leave it, leave it, leave it until it'd be like, babe, I'm just packing a bag and going to Queensland for the weekend. And then there'd be this whole thing of like, I haven't, you haven't been able to make plans now or you've made plans for us and you didn't know I was going away. And like this whole shitty scenario because um, I didn't feel like I wanted to have the conversation, but through doing the work together and creating, you know, a safe and open environment now I'm way more comfortable to tell you those things which means I don't hold them so tightly the way that I share them um, is completely different and for that they're they're more well received by you as well yeah and I think that's really important on both sides is and one of the the best thing you ever fucking do for your relationship is creating a safe container and one of the ways you can create um, a safe container is literally just by ensuring that you're not projecting or shaming someone for how they show up in the relationship as soon as as soon as shame is present like no vulnerability can be held in that container like that you cannot have vulnerability and shame in the same space so 
I think when somebody shows up in a way that's poorly, even if it's hurt you or even if you didn't like it, it was a boundary, being really, really intentional with your reaction to that and the language you use. And it doesn't mean, you know, be a pushover or don't speak your truth or don't say you didn't like it. Like you, you teach people how to teach you, but I think there's a difference in terms of if you had have waited to the very, very last minute to go away. And then I was like, you're, you're an effing asshole. Like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you tell me? And you know, I got really angry at you versus me being like, babe, like, why didn't you just say that sooner? You know? And then having the conversation with you where I'm like, I actually don't mind that you're going away. I mind that you told me at the last minute and I can't make plans now, you know? And it's very much about this thing you did made me feel this way. It's not you're wrong for doing this, but it's like this thing made me feel like this. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that open communication is what my previous relationships have missed. Um, And even like outside of the him, her relationship, just like with friendships and stuff like that, you can like you can explore this sort of stuff like way further with friends and what most of us are doing. But you're right. It's like if you do something to make me upset and then I just like shut off, leave the space. I don't want to talk about it. Well, then it becomes this whole thing and there's no moving forward from that. Or, you know, on the other side where if, you know, a guy does something, if I do something to you and it upsets you and, you know, you either don't talk to me or you cry or you yell and scream and like, there's just a fight over it and then it either finishes in like somehow we we get over it or to make up sex or whatever it is and the whole problem is not unresolved mm. it's just left mm. what Thanks. is it frank you don't like the sign of unresolved problems do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think like when you have that environment where you can be upset but you explain who's ground but you explain that um why you're upset Mm. and then your partner has an opportunity to explain their side of it as well and maybe you're not upset at the behavior maybe you're upset at what you believed was an intention behind the behavior or something like that and and the whole thing can be a misunderstanding but you can't get to the bottom of that or you can't correct a behavior if you're not able to have you know a safe and open discussion Yeah. And I think that's something we do for the most part really well. And we've literally had conversations where I've been, I've, I've told you, you know, that might've upset me or something like that. And then you've been like, Oh, well, I was, I was actually thinking this, or that was my intention, or that's why I did that. Um, you know, there's even been examples where I've felt like you maybe didn't consider me. And then when we've talked about it, you've actually done something overly considerate of me, like the polar opposite. You're like, um, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head, but like you might've done something because there was something else that I didn't even know about that was going on. And through asking you, I was like, Oh, okay. So it's, it's like you, you're in, there's always your intention or your perception of an issue and then there's the other person's perception of the issue and then there's the issue and it's like you can't really get to to meet in the middle unless you have a conversation about it and you communicate it and I know in the past something that maybe a little bit of my wounding has come up is um you know silent treatment and I think in in past relationships that's that was a huge ego thing for me was like being silent was is, is how I would get attention um and that's not that doesn't work with you and and didn't work with you. Um, And that's been something really uncomfortable for me and my ego to have to sit through. But I know that I've still had patterns where 
I have been silent and you haven't asked me what's wrong. And then the whole, you know, that wounding of like, you know, you didn't even ask what was wrong or you didn't blah, blah. And, but whereas you're in a more direct setting where you're just like, but I would expect that you would tell me if something was wrong. So I think it's like really, really important to not expect your partner to just guess or expect your partner to just be able to intuitively know. It's like, it's actually your responsibility to speak your truth if something's uncomfortable with you too. Yeah. And I think like now's a great time to just mention that if you're listening to this and thinking like that won't work in my relationship or I'm not that sort of person, or I can't imagine that situation within my relationship, like relation one relationships don't start like that. Or if they do, the people within that relationship have done so much work on that in the past. Like our relationship, when we first got together, if you went to bring something up in an uncomfortable situation or if I did something that upset you and I noticed, I would leave. Like I would get in my car and just drive away. Mm. And like I would have, I would consider like if I'm ever coming back, like that was me in a relationship. It was like, oh, there's some conflict now. Um, I'm going to go and might see you around, might not. Like don't call because I won't answer and I'm gone. But so like it, it's important to when you hear environments, relationships, situations, and you don't relate to them to, to have like this understanding that that doesn't mean that that can't be you. And it doesn't mean that that situation was always like that. So, um, yeah, we definitely didn't start our relationship like this and probably we couldn't have been more toxic in the start of our relationship. Mm. Like we did not start from a, a safe place or, or a healthy place. Mm, yeah both fresh out of past relationships too um which yeah isn't always the best way to start off and I think honestly like the best thing you can do which I think I mentioned earlier was building a safe container within your relationship and the only way that I believe that you can build a safe container if you're in a in a toxic or you're not in a super conscious relationship currently is ego work it's like It's literally ego work because you have to be willing to take responsibility for your part in everything. Even if it wasn't your fault, you have to be able to take responsibility for your part in everything. You have to take responsibility for your share of the actions, tone, language, how that person felt. Like if you're in a relationship, you're in a fucking partnership. And that means taking responsibility for how the other person is feeling. So it's not like, hey, you did this thing that upset me. No, I fucking didn't. Or I only did that because you did this. It's like, okay, maybe I did that because you did this, but I'm not going to bring that up. I'm going to say, okay, why did that hurt you? Or how, like, what would you like me to do different in future? It's like getting on the defense is probably the the, the number one thing that's going to cause the container to shut down or the other person to shut down. But being able to just hold it and your ego not having to be right or your ego being willing to take responsibility for how the other person's feeling is actually going to open them too. Yeah. And like sometimes you have to meet somebody further than halfway. Like that was something that you said, um, like when we first started exploring, I guess, a deeper relationship and, um, and a more mature relationship, sometimes like you put your ego aside and you meet the person halfway and acknowledge what you did and they acknowledge what they did and you take responsibility for your involvement in it. But sometimes and in some situations, you have to meet them further than halfway. If we're talking about our feelings, you're meeting me further than halfway. 
99 times out of 100, if we're talking about our feelings, you're coming further than halfway because you're more comfortable at that. You're more experienced than that. And you're just more forthcoming with how you feel. And it comes easier to you than it does to me at the moment. So you have to step further than halfway. And if you get to the point where you can meet your partner halfway and you only meet them halfway, well, then your ego is still getting in the way because mm. it doesn't, it's not a tit for tat. It's not a you go, I go. It's like once you put your ego aside, you can face your partner without ego, sometimes even when they still have their ego involved. Mm. Like if the situations where the relationship's evolving and you can put your ego aside and then and then there's situations where they can put their ego aside, if you can put theirs aside and it's a situation where they can't, you still need to put yours aside. That's what a partnership is. It's not like showing up 50% every time. It's like showing up as much as you can in every situation, regardless of how your partner's showing up in that particular instance. Yeah, and I think so many people are like waiting for their partner to do this or that or feel this or say this certain thing before they make the move. And it's like, you're never going to get there. Like, I'm just going to be, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. You're never going to get to a conscious relationship through waiting for your partner to be the one to just do this thing. You need to be able to do it and hold it regardless of the outcome. You need to be able to show up vulnerably, even if you're not received in that. You need to be able to speak your truth, even if you're not received in that. And like a really good example is even something I've, I've had multiple women tell me is like they get um, frustrated or whatever when they're ironing or cleaning and stuff because like, oh, my partner just expects it and it makes me so frustrated they expect it. Do it anyway. And don't do it because they expect it. Do it because you're like, well, it's going to make them feel loved. And I, whether they expect it or not, it's going to make them feel good. And I'm just going to lean in. I'm going to lean in here and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to shift my perception around how I'm perceiving doing this task. And the other person's going to feel... Even if you don't say anything, they feel your energy shift. When you come in the room and you put the washing basket on the bed, are you like dropping it there? Or are you just like popping it there and you're in a light kind of energy and then they, they don't feel like you're resenting them. So now they feel a little bit more open and now they want to lean in a bit further and give back to you. And then you feel that receiving and then that makes you feel good. So you lean further in and it becomes this cycle of like... Yeah, I think that's like hugely powerful. It's like people need to stop asking, how do I have like a perfect relationship and start asking, how can I be a perfect partner? Because like you wanting to move forward in your relationship should be second nature and like, sorry, second to you wanting to move forward as a partner. And like you said, like doing the ironing or doing, picking up the kids or doing whatever you need to do as a partner, you should be doing it because you want to be a fantastic partner um, to your significant other. You shouldn't just be doing it, trying to have like more synergy within your relationship. So I think like, People can work on themselves individually. It doesn't have to be like, you know, even just my damn before when I put a question box up or like that thing I shared yesterday in a story, people have been like, oh, you know, this is what I want so bad, but I haven't found the right person. And like, I'm always trying to do it with the wrong person and stuff like that. It's like having the wrong, if there's such a thing, the wrong partner isn't an excuse or a reason not to be a fantastic partner yourself. Like, um, I think once you make the conscious effort of like, I want to be an amazing partner, then you start doing that. Your relationship will improve. Mm -hmm. You might notice more things about your partner that you don't like when you become a more conscious partner yourself. 
like, you know, it'd be like the glass breaking thing of like when you start becoming very conscious, very aware, like you improving your own emotional intelligence, stuff like that. You might notice stuff in your partner that you really don't like and that might cause shit within your relationship. Mm. It might end your relationship. Like, and I don't think that's a reason not to explore that, but um, waiting for your partner to be ready to make a conscious effort to be a better partner yourself is just a cop out in my opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think something that so many people do in relationships and it's, it's crazy because you, I mean, and it's not like we went to bloody counseling or anything, but we, you know, researched or we did whatever we need to do, but it's like you go to a mechanic to get your car fixed. You go to Apple to get your iPhone fixed. You go to certain people to learn different things. And we're actually never taught how to show up in relationships and much of how we show up in relationships is what we learn from like literally being infants. It's like, that's what forms our attachment style and our love languages and all these different things. And we have no idea how to, how to navigate that and communicate it. And a lot of clients who I work with, even what I see is like, they're like, but I'm asking my partner, I have asked of this, or I have done that, or I'm doing this. And they think that they're, they're trying the absolute best. And when we actually start dissecting the dynamic, what, what we realize is they're asking by shaming. And the, the biggest thing is understanding that if you hang on, like put the shoe on the other foot, if your partner came to you and was like, you're not doing this good enough, or I want you to be doing this and this and this, your ego has to flare up. It has to protect its concept of self. Your ego doesn't want to feel like it's not good enough. And so something I see all of the time is women shaming their partners into like, you never get interested in this and you don't do this. And, and it actually like threatens their partner's concept of self of feeling yeah, emasculated. Or like, them to yep. their best friend's partner, you know, oh, you know, Susie's husband does this. Like, I can't believe you've never done that. Or like, yeah. Or, or when people use their shining relationship to shame other people for us to be like, oh, you know, we have amazing sex and or like, you know, Oscar bought me flowers or like just that sort of shit and putting that on, you know, your friends, like it's just a horrible situation and um, it really doesn't help anybody. Yeah. And it's just, it just creates this energy where the other person actually doesn't want to rise up to meet you there because not consciously, it's not even a conscious thing. Their unconscious mind is feeling so threatened that what if I try and this still isn't good enough? Like if I'm already not good enough now, what's the point? Nothing's ever good enough. So it almost becomes this, I can't be bothered. Like why even try? Whereas if you continue to work on yourself and you take all this expectation and shaming off your partner, and they see you and witness you. And even with the work you're doing, you actually love them even fucking deeper. You make them feel more loved and more safe rather than like, oh, I'm doing all of this work. I'm going to take a step back or I'm going to pull away from the relationship until my partner meets me there. It's like, no, how can you be even better, more loving, which actually inspires your partner to like show up for you more. And it inspires them to start doing the work. And it's such a huge piece of what I talk about and teach. And this is why I talk about like, you can't tell the masculine or you can't teach the masculine or shame the masculine into being more masculine. It's, you can't emasculate a man into his masculinity. It's like, you have to give him this space through you doing your own work or whatever that gives the masculine a space to actually rise and feel inspired to want to step into that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's something I want to ask you, actually, on that note, because did I did. Oh, you've got a second page of notes. <laughs> got a second page of notes. Um, so something that happens all the time, which I just alluded to then, 
is a lot of women women getting scared to even work with me because they're afraid of outgrowing their partners or women feeling like they're so into personal development but their partners aren't like so many women now it's very normalized to work with coaches but it's not as normalized I guess or spoken about of men working with coaches and stuff like that how can women either feel safe and continue to feel really fulfilled in a relationship if their partner's not doing work or how can they like inspire their partner to want to get into this work because even for example I never told you to work with mindset coach you just did that like yeah what do you think what do you think creates that space where a man's like you know what I actually want to step up and do this work too I think the first part of that question about like being fearful of doing the work because they'll leave their partner. I don't think there's a lot of logic behind that. I think like what makes people think, and I'm just going to, because you, you work with women, I'm going to put it on the, the women's, uh, put the shoe on the women's foot at the moment. But what makes a woman think that if they better themselves as a partner, that their relationship is going to end. Like if their relationship is a five out of 10 at the moment, and let's say they've been in it for three, five, 10 years, whatever, they've been in it more than three months. The relationship is a five out of 10. They're going to do work to be a better partner and better their relationship. Are they fearful that it's gonna become a four out of 10 because they're becoming a better partner? Like what proactive step of being a better partner and focusing on having a better relationship is going to make your relationship end. Mm. And I think the only chance it's going to end is if it was already supposed to end anyway. Yeah. I think like the only reason that you would do work on yourself in this context and a relationship would end is because you didn't have the courage to end something that you wanted to end already. Mm, yeah. Yep. Like I can't imagine me being like, I'm going to become a better communicator. I'm going to learn more about love languages. I'm going to learn how to show up more in my relationship and the relationship getting worse. Yeah. Like how could that make a relationship worse? Mm, and I think a huge piece of that is I know when a lot of women do more work, what they don't realize is they're being held in a container, which is doing preparation work which is building them to a point, which is working on dropping their ego. And they don't even realize this. Like everything I do in my work, like I don't say to my clients, all right, I'm like getting your ego to drop down right now. I'm just doing the prep work with them to make them more open to a reflection. So their ego is dropped. So they're willing on to, t- to take on this new responsibility or perception, whatever it may be. But then they take what they're learning in these containers and they go to their partner and they walk into the room and they're like, babe, did you know this and blah, blah, blah. And they just throw all this stuff at their partner without the prep work. And then they complain that their partners get defensive, which is huge. Like a lot of like men from what I hear is like they get really, really defensive. And it's like, well, well, no shit. That's how the ego works. It's what it's designed to do is literally defend itself. So it's like, they think that they're outgrowing their partner and their partner isn't willing to do the work. And it's like, no, you're actually not creating a safe container for your partner to feel safe to meet you in this work. Does that kind of land? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So I think like actually like learning the skills of how you can not allow your ego to create this sense of what I'm better than because I'm working with a coach or I'm better than because I do this now. It's like that in itself is ego. 
It's like you think that your partner has an ego because they're being defensive, but your ego is present because you're putting yourself on a pedestal for doing the work. So I think for anyone listening to this, it's like, you're not going to outgrow your partner. You're either going to, you're either going to have the courage to leave something that you should have already left, but you've just made these realizations about yourself that your core values aren't aligned and you were trying to ignore it because you've already got history or whatever it may be. Or you're actually going to learn, like what you said, how to be a better partner and you're going to inspire your, your partner to kind of meet you there in that. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think the second part of that question, or are you happy with that? Yeah, go for the second part of that question. The second part was encouraging or inspiring men to do this sort of work. Yeah. I think it's just about acknowledging what a relationship can be. And from cultural stigmas, experience with friends, maybe even family, like the acceptable standard for a relationship from a man's perspective is shithouse. Mm. Like to think that a guy might want to go to the pub on Friday night or a guy wants to go to a a pub on Saturday night and he doesn't want to have the conversation with his wife about going to the pub with the boys because he worked late two days during the week or something like, like something completely unrelated. Like I think, um, it's like tip for tat. Yeah. And like discussions around sex or, um, different views, just like how comfortable a relationship can be. You know, we see people like everybody wants to fucking hashtag on Instagram, best friends when they put a picture up with their partner or, like, but I think so few relationships, the partners actually act like best friends. Like it's a true, you know, they'll, they'll go and talk to their, their mate at the pub and they'll share, like they'll share their heart and they'll, you know, they'll talk through all sorts of different shit and they'll be completely open because that's their best friend. And then they'll come home to their wife and they won't want to talk about something that's happened or something that they've seen or they'll be shared to... (laughs) Yeah, it's not good, is it, buddy? They'll be scared to, um, like, show something on their phone or, like, for fear of judgment. Like, um, you know, it's like open your Explore feed on Instagram and, like, a guy opens his Explore feed on Instagram and, like, there's chicks in bikinis or shit like that. And they just get this instant, like, Oh, I would never want like my partner to see that. Or it's, I think it's about understanding how good a relationship can be and how comfortable that it can be with anyone as well. Like there's Mm. not a certain type of person that you have to have in the relationship to be able to have those discussions. I think it's just about like creating the right space. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And you know, we've had so many of those experiences where it'll get to the end of the Sunday and we'll be hopping in bed. And like you'll say, like, you'll you, be like, we actually are best friends. Like, cause we are, we enjoy the same things. And we have, you know, the conversations we'll have with our friends, we have with each other. It's like, we actually are really, really gr- amazing friends at the core of our relationship, but then take that deeper with like intimacy and all the other fun parts that come with it too. So I think it's like, it it really is huge that so many people are in relationships that are like, what's the foundation there? Like what actually is the foundation? And there is no foundation, but the way in which we've normalized being 
in a relationship just to be in a relationship. We don't even accept the bare minimum anymore. We don't even accept compatibility, core values, similar direction we're heading in life. You know, how many women will start seeing a guy who says, oh, I don't want anything serious. And their, their brain subconsciously already goes, oh, cool, I can change that. I'll be the one he falls for. And it's like, he literally just told you he doesn't want a relationship. That's the bare minimum. The bare minimum you need is someone who's ready for a relationship and they, they already bypass that. They're willing to sacrifice, you know, someone that meets so many needs. And look, I'm expecting to have like Prince Charming or a bloody fairy tale princess wife is is also far-fetched like no you're never going to meet the perfect person who ticks every box you work on it but it's like you've got pretty close i've got pretty damn close but yeah it's just like you might not have a fairy tale but also like how our society right now the relationships we're in it's like not you're not even getting a bare minimum in your relationship really Mm. You're not even getting respect. Like respect, how many? How much respect is missing in relationships these days? That that, that should be bare minimum. Mm. Like, um, yeah, it's really huge. And I, I just think like the biggest core piece is you... So I guess let's sum all that up. Like what do you think core foundations? I think safe container, taking responsibility for your share in the work, communicating and not shaming your partner. Even if they do something wrong, you don't shame them. You just say hey, this thing you did made me really uncomfortable or upset or I don't like that. What else? What would you add to that? What's like the important ingredients? I think you've covered them all and like the biggest ones being a safe container and no judgment. Like I feel like I could nine out of 10 relationships outside of our immediate circle, nine out of 10 relationships, you could put a couple in front of me and I could ask them each one question and watch them lie. Like, because they would just be so, un- you know, I would like say to him, like, I'll show him a picture and say, do you think this chick's hot? And like, watch him look at his partner and lie to her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like little, just the most inconsequential and just doesn't matter at all. And they would feel like they can't just say, oh yeah, she's cute. Like they mm-hmm. ju- just little things like this or like, you know, um, does it, does it annoy you when he does this and watch her be like, oh, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to create a conflict. And, like, Mm. it's just horrible to think that um, it's supposed to be the person that you love most in this world and you don't feel like you can completely be yourself in front of them. It's horrible. Mm. And actually, I think that's a huge huge piece too, which is actually going to be a whole week in my relationship program is sovereignty. Actually allowing your partner to be their own being outside of the relationship dynamic too and that that sovereignty comes in with like unconditional love too it's not like you know you're a human if you what if if i come in and i'm like you can't follow any girls on instagram and if you like a girl's photo um then like you don't love me and you can't you know and i start putting all these rules i'm actually taking away your human experience your your ability to experience life and explore things and have your own desires and interests and all these sort of things and yes there also needs to be boundaries so you know a, a boundary for me might be like I don't care if you follow any girls on Instagram or like their photos, but if there's a, a, a 
basically naked photo of a girl, then you liking it may make me feel a bit uncomfortable because how other people perceive that or whatever. That could yeah, be I a feel, boundary. I feel like I need to say that I don't follow many girls on um, Instagram and, and like sleazy photos just to put a little disclaimer on that. This, yes, is, a, this, this is a very unrelated example. Yes, I'm just talking to things that I know that comment, come up yeah. as issues. Yeah, especially in my work is a huge one is like, them liking girls' photos. Yeah, and yeah. I think boundaries are like so important and you need to respect the boundaries that you're setting and you need to expect the boundaries that your partner has set. But you can't set boundaries on somebody's intentions, thoughts or feelings. Like you can't do that. You can only set boundaries on behaviors. So you can't like say to somebody, you know, like a big one on along the same lines is like, oh, do you think this girl's hot? Like it it can't be a boundary for somebody's perspective of that or like, Mm. would you like this in our relationship? If you ask that person, you can't judge their answer Mm. because that's not a boundary. You're like putting your imposition and judging their thoughts, feelings, perceptions, expectations, whatever it may be. So I think you need to be mindful of like, oh, it's a boundary for me if my partner thinks this. Or like, no, that's not a boundary. You're trying to control your partner's thoughts. Yeah. Like that's you're trying to do some mind control shit if you're saying like it's not okay if my partner thinks like, i couldn't agree more yeah it's it's and realizing that is complete insecurity that is like not trusting your partner to just be human like you're fully taking away their their experience and you know an example for us is i don't have any boundaries with how often you see your friends versus me but I do have a boundary that if you make plans with your friends, you need to communicate as soon as you know what's happening. Like that's pretty clear in our relationship. I don't care if you get home from work at five o'clock or nine o'clock at night, but I expect a text from you saying, Hey babe, I'm not going to be home till nine tonight. You know, it's just like, and we're very, very clear on that. And you know, and you know why it's not just like you need to text me. It's like, Hey babe, when you actually don't communicate that, you, you know, if you tell me you're going to be home at five and you get home at nine, like I'm waiting around and I cook dinner, you know, at the wrong time. And I don't know, I could have gone out for dinner with a friend or I can't make plans. My, you know, you know, my intention of any boundary within our relationship. You also know why that boundary is in place and you know why it matters and how it makes me feel if it's crossed. Like, I think that's really huge is setting boundaries on behaviors, as you said, and communicating why and being really grounded in why that matters to your partner. And then it's up to you to kind of like to um, to validate their experience, too, because I know for, for people, their partner might set a boundary. And it might not make sense to them. They might be like, why does that matter? Like, because for, you know, if I got home at this time or this time for you, it probably wouldn't matter, right? probably wouldn't care you just do your own thing but for me it does care it, sorry it does matter and um and so it's up to you to validate that okay it might not matter for me but for jesse this is important yeah double standards like i find it like it just blows my mind when people say like oh that's double standards and they portray it like it's such a negative thing but why would you not have different standards for each person in the relationship like they have different expectations or mm. different interests or different desires. Why would I like why would I put on you something that you need on you that I don't need on me? Like why like you you know, for instance, the getting home at a time, like it's important for you to know when I'm coming home because 
you have your own like underlying beliefs for that. You know, you have an interest, you have desires, like it makes you feel whatever it feels. And I respect that, but I would never be like, well, because you need to know, like if I'm going to be home later than eight o'clock at night, I need to know like the same thing of you. Like mm. it, it's yeah. Double standards is the weirdest thing in relationships. Yeah. The old, um, well, I would, I would have never done that to you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because I might not have minded. Yeah. Like, like I fucking want you to do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Like the shit I did to you that if you did to me, I would like break your finger off. <laughs> yes. So I think like removing this idea, these, these double standards, this, you know, oh, like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded or I would have never done that to you. It's like, who cares what, who would have done to who and really think about the individual. Is that something which is going to upset them? Because things that will upset you will not upset me and things that will upset me will not upset you because we're both so different. So take the, off the double standard, which mind you is just another ego thing, just another protection mm. thing. It's another way to shed responsibility, yeah. to be defensive. And, and that's just a whole nother thing. It's like, let the ego drop. And like, how does that person feel about what you're doing or what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here because it is our Sunday and we want to go watch a movie on the couch with the dogs. Now, we were both very, very sleepy. Hunter Frankie. Yeah, good boy. Last thing to just wrap up, my relationship program, Conscious Connections, is now open for enrollment. We will be closing by the end of this week. So if you are a woman who is wanting to go deeper within your relationship, if you want to understand how you give and receive love, if you want to know your attachment style, if you want to understand the difference between the male versus female brain, how we communicate differently, how we process differently, if you want to learn how to hold space for your partner while allowing them to be their own person, if you want to create safe dynamics, all of the fucking juicy things, um, I will pop in the show notes a link so... You can join that. Um, It's going to be five weeks, five live calls, plus an extra live call with an amazing guest speaker. Um, That's not me. I think we should (laughs) should point out now just for people to have like, oh, it's just going to be fucking Oscar again. (laughs) You know what? I might just surprise you guys. We'll see. Um, But no, it's not Oscar unless we just random do an impromptu live. But workbooks, all of the juicy things. Whether you're single, in a relationship, dating, doesn't matter. It's going to teach you stuff that will will apply to you for life so that is all from us have an amazing day night whenever you're listening and thanks for tuning in